Hello and welcome to Everything F1's podcast. We're going to chat to you about all things F1. Stay tuned. So hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast. It's me, James Tiller. Today we've got with me uh, Coops and Sponge and we're going to chat to you all about the latest breaking news uh, and gossip around the F1 paddock. So, Sponge, tell us a bit about your week. Yeah, it's been good. Um, just really waiting for everything to kick off. We've had some good news over here. So, um, looks like everything should be getting towards normal in June. Just same Brilliant. old, same old. But, yeah, looking forward now. And how about you, Coots? How's your week been? Back at work after some time off, trying to get some stuff done for the website, get the articles done. It's really... Uh, inconsiderate of Formula One teams who decide to launch things in the same day when I'm trying to do an article for each launch and <laughs> trying to work full time and have the wee man and well sleep so you know Alfa Romeo sleep what sleep Coops I know tell me about it uh, so to everyone that's listening please go on to www.everythingf1.com I've got a few articles up there will be more articles up. We will advertise them a bit more. I've got a Ferrari thing going that's not been advertised because I'm not quite sorted it. And the articles for each team's uh, launch and the car and the prospects for next year will go up over a couple of days. I've got to, I think the next one's a couple of weeks, about a week now, isn't it? We've got a few days now until we've got the next one. Yep. So I'll get Alpha Romeo's and we'll get Red Bulls up and organised. But I do I, give them a read, folks, because Coops is... Uh, writing is amazing we've read out all of his articles that he puts up and he's an amazing writer so head over to the website have a read on your lunch do some bedtime reading and you won't regret it at all thank you very much because as you guys all know i am my worst i'm my worst critic and i'm constantly beating myself up uh, and I, t- I tend not to reread them too much because then i start trying to change them and i've got the login <laughs> details to be able to change them on the website and you know it's the worst thing but yeah, that's a challenge for everybody. Go on and read Coops's material, and then and give him a give him can. a message on our uh, EF1 paddock or on our EF1 page, and tell him how awesome it was because you won't regret it. I want opinion. I try and write things to get opinion as well. I try and write things to let people read a wee bit more. The Ferrari stuff's more historical. I try. I get opinion. Garner some. Don't turn around and just say it was a waste of time, which we did have that comment recently, which was my first my first piece of kind of hate mail on, on, on Facebook, which I was kind of a proud of. I should have got a badge for it. But it was a bit... I'm all for constructive criticism in any way, shape or form. But when you just come on and just go, that was pointless, or, that was worthless, uh, that was a wasted effort, you know, and I'm like, you're a bit of an ass, uh, and you won't really get much knowledge. Uh, it just, there's no point to it. Uh, you know, in general, you kind of, the only way you should be looking down in some days when you're trying to pull them up and help them out. So, you know, but... I do try my best. As well said. Does. Well said. And you do a, you do an amazing job. So everybody, head over to the website, have a read of the uh, have a read of Coop's material, and then give us some feedback. Let us know. And if you've got any topics that you want us to look into, anything doesn't matter, anything historical, anything at all, anything you would like to read about or want us to get involved with, you know, hit us up with it. You know, send us a message, we'll look at it, we'll see, we might work something out, we've got things planned in the pipeline that we can try and get together, but, you know, this is driven for the fans, by the fans, so, you know, get involved. Absolutely. 
So we've had some good news about the COVID situation. Hopefully there might be tickets uh, available for Silverstone. There's been a, a news article today on Sky Sports about the potential for having to have a COVID passport in terms of having a vaccination to get yourself uh, off there. Uh, but hopefully that's a good sign for fans wanting to go and see Silverstone. What do you think about that? When, when is the Grand Prix again? I can't remember. Is it uh, July? Eighteenth, sixteenth, the eighteenth of July, twenty twenty-one. Right. Okay. So it's ah, just I mean, before, isn't it? It's just before the the like the final day of what's that that. So the Sunday is like three days before the final day that of them officially lifting all of lockdown. Is it? Uh, I you know because I mean I'm up in Scotland. We've got a slightly kind of different approach. We're not really doing dates. Just right. Potentially might happen in the future, but you know, I don't see if everything goes the way that they want it to go. Bear in the mind that everyone has to follow the rules up until then. Then I don't see why not. Why they couldn't have fans in I this agree. idea of the vaccine passport. What's the problem with it? Why would you not want that? You know. No, I agree. You know, yeah. people have got to pass a test to be able to say they're fit enough to drive a car. You know a virus that causes over 120,000 deaths in this country alone, millions around the world, why would you not want to have something to say I've had the vaccine? And okay, to the people that argue that the vaccine doesn't stop you catching it, that's that's correct, it doesn't, but the flu vaccine doesn't stop you catching the flu. What it does is it stops you from getting to the point of dying. Or, yeah, it stops you know, severe illness. It stops it being ill. It, it, it turns it from being a serious virus into you just not feeling too great. Uh, for a few days and it, that's the thing it lifts the burden off the NHS who can then cope with it the same as they have to do every flu season you know there's a wee bit of an extra burden the people who take it take the flu vaccine stop it from becoming a major burden and they can deal with the people that are not able to take it that could potentially get really sick yeah so yeah, I, I don't understand why people want to have this issue I think there's been conversations around pubs saying that want the flu vaccine and people saying, no, we don't want that. Then, you know, go to St. Debris, buy a carrier and go to the house and drink then. Uh, I think that's just people being selfish and spouting their nonsense just because they feel that they can. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I think you've yeah, summarised it perfectly, to be honest with you, Coops. If you've got nothing to hide and if, if you've had a vaccine, why would you not want to be able to prove it so that you can go and enjoy yourself? Mm -hmm. I think I, I think no quite a few of these I, people that are against it, against the idea, are also against having the vaccine in itself in the first place. So it's it's like you know, well, if I don't want to have it, then I don't want to also be um, stopped from doing things because I choose not to have it. Which in itself is a, a daft argument, to be honest with you, because why should everybody else be put in in danger because you don't want to have a vaccine? I, I don't know. I, th there's lots of reasons, but I completely agree with you. I think it's a good idea. I think it'll it will help people themselves get back to normal. Um, yeah, I mean, you want you want the perception of normal. Like it's not going to be normal for a while. I think the I can't remember his name. Is it Doctor Ferrucci or Finucci yeah, yeah. in America? Mm -hmm. He's made the comment that people might need to wear masks over in the USA, which of course is a different situation to the UK, but they might be wearing masks in the US till 2022. 
And a lot of that stems from people not wanting to wear masks. The thing that is came clear in this virus is it's community transmission that seems to be the main thing that's keeping this going. Yes. Now, if you want a degree of normality and an organisation says, we can have 140 or 120,000 fans at this venue, but every single one of you have to prove that you've had this vaccine, then what's the argument? You know, you get jabbed in the arm, you get a couple of days of feeling a bit shitty, and then that's you, you're done. You go back in 12, 11, 12 weeks, you get your next one, and that's you, you're sorted. Now, I've had one of the vaccines because of because I'm a key worker and where I work. Yep. Uh, and I, the, the jag was fine. I had a wee bit of an achy arm for about half a day, and I'm fine. Nothing's happened. There's no issues. I haven't grown a third head. You know, that's just me. And a lot of my colleagues that I work with haven't had any issues other than feeling a wee bit yuck for a few Can verify as well, I'm looking at Coops now and he still has the most magnificent beard. He still has the prettiest face you've ever seen. He yes. hasn't mutated into a, a bull or anything weird. So if you get invited for your vaccine, folks, go and have it. Yes, we'll possibly and I, say I can, I can categorically say that I was always a ginger and the vaccine didn't turn me ginger. <laughs> uh, so it's just uh, the, the people that are shouting the loudest about lifting the lockdown are also the people that do not want to wear a mask. Exactly, um, or don't want to have an, a vaccine. So I don't want to have the vaccine. And the arguments are, we don't know what's in it. Well, do you know what's in yeah. the flu vaccine? You get it every yeah. year. Exactly. Uh, it's been rushed. No, it hasn't. You know, all what other stuff. That, I mean, I saw a tweet where someone said it had heavy metals in it. Like, I don't know, was it? Did they melt down Metallica and file them into it? Or did they melt down a chair? I don't know. I just don't get it. I think people that are shouting are, are just... I don't get... I don't understand why they're shouting. If this protects people and stops people from going into the hospital, what's the issue? Mm. That it isn't an At the argument. end of the day, that's what we've been working towards. The, last, the, whole, the, the whole of the last year has been abundantly clear that the only way that we get out of this really is with a virus. Or with this whole thing sweeping the population and killing off all of the vulnerable people and then we just live with it like the flu. Now that we've got a vaccine, you know, there is absolutely no reason why we cannot get back to normal now. The vaccine is the best possible outcome for what's been going on. So we will reiterate as everything F1, everybody, if you are invited to go and have your vaccine, go and have your vaccine. Please go and have your vaccine. It's in the interests of you, your family, your friends, everybody around you, people that walk past you in the street. It's not going to put some kind of tracking device in you that MI6 are going to chase you after, chase after you. It's, All the tracking device. Yeah. <laughs> so, this comes from the people that go, there's a tracking device in it. Yeah, when you update your Facebook status every six minutes, do you think they need a tracking device in there? <laughs> you? I mean, You're absolutely spot any on. government in the world want to know where you are, they will find it without a tracking device put in you by yeah. some sort of vaccine. It's, Absolutely uh, agree. It's just, uh, you know what? We want to go back to normality. We, I'm sick and tired of posts about how certain championships should be null and void or an asterisk next to it, not just in Formula One with football and whatever else, because it was a shortened season or it doesn't really count because of the COVID thing. You know, I want to just debate about Formula One and I want to meet folk in the town or I want to actually have the, an excuse to not meet them because <laughs> I don't have that excuse anymore because it's <laughs> the truth. Uh, you know, I want to have a reason 
find out a really lame excuse why I'm not going to the works night out. Uh, I just, you know, we're all done. We're all fed up with it. Yep. So let's not behave where it could extend it for another year and a half. Because really, do we want that? Do we want people in nursing homes dying every other week? Do we want people dying in their beds alone without family around them? There's been bereavements that I've been involved with where we couldn't have, you couldn't have the proper send off for the person. You couldn't mourn the right way because you've only allowed a certain amount of folk there. And it was, you know, social distance and then, you know, We've all made sacrifices over the last year and a half, and I think we're all done with it. We've just got a few more. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, which we couldn't say last year. So let's just knuckle down, deal with the last wee bit, and then this time next year we'll be drooling over these fantastic new cars that are coming out, and yep. COVID will be a distant memory. Absolutely agree. So we've also had the Alfa Romeo car launch. It's all new livery, looking more white, and with the red being a less of a focus this year. What are your thoughts on the new livery, Sponge? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, I think it's a new, fresh... They've followed uh, other teams, let's say, that we, I'm sure we'll get to, and they've swapped over the uh, the red and the white. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it looks really smart. I thought they were one of the smartest on the grid last year, but I think they've they've kept it nice and classy, as you would expect mm -hmm. from Alfa Romeo. So, yeah, very good. Yeah, and, and what, what, do you, what do you think about the carb coops? The livery's nice. I mean, white and red, that kind of red... And the white is, is always going to look nice, but I'm struggling to see what they're actually what they've actually done to the car. I know everyone's kind of struggling with the token system from this year, but they need to kind of do something because out of all the teams in Formula One just now, they're very beige. They they're not really at the back. They're not really at the front. They've got two drivers that are all right. You know, the best person to replace Kimi Raikkonen is Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, which was a long-standing joke for so many years when he was at Ferrari, right? Who's going to replace Kimi this year? Oh, he's Kimi again. Oh, okay. You know. Uh, <laughs> and even, I think Fred Vasseur said that their goal is to try and improve from where they were. Like, well, it's not really that hard. I mean, it's just that they're a very, they're a very strange team. Do you think they've know. got stranger since they got kind of in into bed with Ferrari? I think they've you kind think of that explains it. <laughs> well, it may be. Uh, they were hampered a lot by the the uh, the Ferrari engine, but the the drop off from the year before was actually less than Ferrari's drop off in relative mm. terms. So their car wasn't as bad as the Ferrari car was. Uh, the Ferrari car had more issues than just the engine, but you know, the team just it has it's lost its way. I mean, Sauber were a team that. They were very, they were the old school of the original Racing Point or Force India, not Racing Point, but Force India before they got their money. They were the old school Jordan. They, they didn't have a budget. They had one third of a budget of the bigger teams and sometimes they still popped up in the points. You know, they gave Kimi Räikkönen his start in Formula One and he was amazing. They earned him a turn up at McLaren and he went on to do what he did, you know. But this it's kind of like they've lost their identity and their sense of purpose. They're not... It's, it's a hard thing. It's hard to see because they're still technically Salbert. The Alfa Romeo is a title sponsor. It's not a technical spon uh, uh, sponsorship because they were Ferrari prior to getting the Alfa Romeo thing. But it's just, you know, we, you kind of hope that they get somewhere with or just move forward a bit more uh, and get some sort of purpose. I don't know if they can do that with Giovinazzi and Kimi Raikkonen. I mean, yeah, everybody who follows me and listens to me on the podcast knows my feelings about 
Giovinazzi. I just don't know what they ha- what they see in him a lot of the time. You think a lot of the teams, particularly Alpha Alpha Romeo this season, exactly for the reason that you've just said, are kind of not just with their lineups, but with what you said about the cars as well. What's the difference? I think Red Bull are the only ones that have put a B next to their car, and they've said, yeah. you know, there's not much of a, there's not enough of a difference to call it a new car. So they've no. named it the B, the B side. I think that's, I think that's perfect. At the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a, a um, evolution, a very small evolution of what they were doing before, with a new sticker on the rear wing kind of thing. Um, and I think that's happening with their fabulous livery. Mm. I mean, there is there is more than one change, which is surprising. They took off the Aston Martin bit in the back, and they moved the Honda badge in the nose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're like I mean, Alpha Tauri done some some impressive changes to their car with the full front end being changed, and they decided, same I kind of put down in the article that I wrote about them, that they I think they are trying as best they can to get away from being a junior team for Red Bull. That mm. you know they 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 could have took the Red Bull rear end, and they said no. I mean, the Red Bull rear end's not a bad end of the car. I mean, any car that's designed by Adrian Newey is decent. Just about yeah. to say, if you turn down any parts that are created by Adrian Newey, then you're a brave man, aren't you, really? Exactly. And even nowadays. So they've, they didn't take the rear end for Red Bull. They then redesigned the nose, which they spent their token on. One or two, I can't remember. Mm. Uh, which then meant they had to then change the suspension, which then meant that they used they've had to change and update components that are used by Red Bull further uh, separating them from Red Bull. But, in, I mean, Alfa Romeo, I mean, I don't know what it is they've, they've kind of done. They, they, when they got the, the Alfa Romeo tie-in, they, um, they brought in a lot of people, but then it's kind of stalled. Last year was very poor. They, they were there, yeah. I think, at Portimao when Kimi Raikkonen appeared in the top 10 and everyone's going, what the f- what, was that an Alfa? <laughs> and then very quickly... <laughs> He buggered off again and disappeared back down the back of the grid. And you're like, okay. That was you know, good while it lasted. <laughs> it was, and it lasted a few laps. It's just, it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult one to see what they're going to do. Uh, and that's partly why I think that I can see Williams potentially going ahead of both of them. Mm. Haas have already came out and said, this car this year is not going to be anything special. Uh, and they're really struggling just now because they haven't even been able to fire up their engine. Yeah. Because they can't get folk over from Italy due to the COVID restrictions. So the first yeah. time they're going to fire up the engine is the day before testing. Mm. So Do I you can think in hindsight, yeah. Coops, that this, that, you know, the, the, the pushing the new rules back by a year, do you think it was a good or a bad a bad decision? Do you think, from my point of view, it's, you know, we're, we're in a kind of limbo right now, which I understand mm-hmm. with COVID, it was, it was, you know, even if they'd gone with the new cars, you'd probably have had some kind of limbo anyway. But this really, it really feels like everything's been kind of deep frozen from last year. And mm-hmm. then, you know, in the last few days, everybody started to bring it out of the freezer, dethaw it and carry on. Um, yeah, I, I mean... But still, like yeah. like you've just said, people like Hassan uh, and Alfa Romeo still don't seem to be ready. Even with, even with last year's car... They, just, they still don't appear to be ready for the new season. The biggest problem, I think, with Alfa Romeo was the car last year was so bad. And yeah. with the limited amount of development that they can or want to make this year, they're not going to go as far forward as they want. But, they, I mean, even, like, 
Yeah, Fred Vasseur should come out and say, we're going to fight for fifth in the championship. Now, we're all going to go, I need bother. But it shows a determination. It shows a push. It's a bit like Williams when they were third, the third best constructor on the grid. It was very much, uh, we'll try and keep that. It wasn't the Williams of the years before where they were like, no, we're, go- we're going further. And then they, they quietly slid down the grid until we realised they were way at the back of the grid. Uh, and Paddy Lowe didn't know how he forgot how to... F- the design of Formula One car. Uh, and it, it was still very, yeah, we'll get there. There was no that impetus, which I've yeah. lost and I can't see from uh, Salva or, or uh, you know, Alfa Romeo. I just don't see it. You know, the team should be pushing. They should be saying, we're going to try and get to ninth. We're going to try and, ta- we're going to try and get into the, the rear. Uh, I think it was Alfa Tauri that were seventh in the constructor. So they're going to try, you know, Say something. It doesn't need to say they're going to try and beat Mercedes. We all know that's not going to happen. It doesn't need to be outlandish, but something. Just saying, I hope we'll close the gap, I think is what Vasseur said at the, the opening. I mean, he's quoted as saying, I hope we will close the gap. We have some high expectations in some areas of the car. We know we have good step forward. We have huge expectations and we'll see what happens. It's very, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's nothing. It's very... There's a lot of cliches in there. Oh, we've done some good work. Well, you always do good work. You're a Formula One team. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point. The point is, is it good enough? It just doesn't seem to be good enough. And, yeah. You know, when Charles Leclerc was in that car the second half of the year, he was there. I mean, he put that car in places it should never have been put. Yeah. Again, you know, similar to what he done with Ferrari last year. But with the lineup and the way the car's going just now, we don't see that with them. So it's a bit... I, I'm not expecting anything exciting at all from them. Uh, clearly, because I don't want to see anything exciting because I want Williams to get 10. I want Williams to get ahead of them. But. Yes, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I think Williams have worked hard in the last few years. I think the catastrophe a couple of years ago and where they've, I mean, where they came to last season, you know, they, they, they bridged a two or three second a lap gap back to pretty much nothing, really. Yeah, um, it's amazing. And I think for people to really understand how far behind they were the year before or even a couple of years ago, I mean, it was unreal how far back they were. Yeah. They we're talking run about one and a half to two seconds per lap slower than everybody else. Yeah. And they're not fighting to get into the next the next round, you know, like Q2. You know, Alfa Romeo are very stagnant. Haas have got different issues. They're, it's a different situation for Haas, but Alfa, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in their attitude of, oh, we're going to be there. Uh, I think they're just, I think this year they'll call it in and then next year they'll hope that the new regulations and interpretation of the regulations will help them move up the grid, which I think a lot of the teams in the back are going to be doing anyway. I do yeah. as well. But I think the biggest problem is has always been the same problem with Formula One is that you're trying to close a gap when the people ahead of you are trying to open up more of a gap or close the gap to the team in front of them as well. So everybody's pushing all the time. So, you know, you could make a 20% gain, but if the teams in front of you do the same, you're always going to end up where you were in the first place. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of a fight with everybody in the midfield together. I think that's going to happen this season, so we'll see. Traditionally, on the year before a rule change, it ends up being one of the best years for Formula One. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And the Red Bull launch was the other day, and we got to see Checo's lovely new helmet. What are your thoughts on the Red Bull launch? Coops. (laughs) Sorry, is it this year's car or last year's? (laughs) You know, I mean, fair play to them. They They found a livery that works for them. 
and they've decided to keep it rather than faffing around with it. What's the point? They're probably going to update it for next year because I wouldn't imagine that anybody's livery in the cars that they're in just now are going to work because everybody's livery has to go with the flows of the car. Yeah. So everyone next year, I think next year's pre-season when car launches get announced, everyone's going to get very giddy. Uh, but yeah, I think Red, I think we everything, unless you're really technically minded, there's not really much to report no. uh, in terms of cars and looks of the car. For for Red Bull, it's more about what uh, Sergio Perez can do with a Red Bull and against Max Verstappen. I think we touched on it earlier as well. Credit to Red Bull for actually naming their car a B car rather than trying to make out that it's something new and something special. They're they're happy with the you know the, the car itself. Maybe give it a little bit more power. In the way of faff, in Mm. terms of what they actually done with the launch, it was not just an online video. Like, here's the car. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. A bit like Alpha Tauri. They were like a three-minute video. It was music video, bit of fashion. Here's the car. Uh, You had Alpha Alpha Romeo done all the dancey thing to ignore, like just ignore us. We're dancing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, let's distract from the car. (laughs) We can put on a good show. A bit like Ferrari launched last year. (laughs) Uh, and McLaren done the old school let's get cringy uh, yeah. and then wheeled out the car and everyone went kind of different I think we spent <laughs> the going well oh, they've blown the nose that wasn't there last year oh and they've changed the rainbow stripes they're a different direction but other than that they're all they're all great for um, spot the difference competitions though aren't they yeah well red bulls are I can see yeah. two uh, that's about it Uh but yeah, I mean, going by the B car, I mean, McLaren have done the same thing, haven't they? They've just put an M at the end of their car. Whereas I think Alpha Tauri's changed it. Theirs is the ATO2 instead of the ATO1. Uh, Sauber have named it, or uh, Alpha Romeo have changed theirs. Theirs is the, uh, I can't remember what they've called that now. Uh, they've changed the name, they've changed the name. But uh, as you say, Red Bull have just went, oh, it's a B car. Because it really yeah. is. And apparently there isn't going to be a RB17. Oh, really? I think that the because uh, because it's the new regulations and a whole new system. I think they'll go for a completely new naming system. Hmm. Be interesting. Uh, are you a, are you a fan of changing liveries all the time, or do you yes. prefer the 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 traditional stuff? You know, like if if you find a good formula, do you like to keep it or? I, I like both. Now, I always like that. I would love to see Red Bull come out with something different. However, I get why they're keeping it because you know. Generally speaking, cars are changed, liveries are changed for corporate reasons. Yeah. Generally speaking. Now, Red Bull are their own sponsor, necessarily, pretty much, with the odd wee bits put in. Or if yeah. you fall, in, fall out of favour with your engine manufacturer, then you've got to change it a wee bit. Yeah. Uh, when it went from Renault to Tag Heuer. You know, a watch manufacturer going, we make engines, do we? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, well, at least the engine was on time all the time. <laughs> anyway. Mm. Uh, but no, I mean, it's it's always good to get a wee launch because, you know, it's it's kind of like the build up to the start of the season, a bit like because mm. I'm a football fan, you kind of look forward to seeing the new shirt for the team that you're you're following coming out because it kind of gets you ready for that new year. Yeah, it hypes like, you up, doesn't it? Let's go, we're pumped up. Unlike McLaren, when it's like, on your car! And they were going on about it and they were talking and I think, when McLaren's launch that annoyed everybody, they talked about it as if it was going to be something new or about mm. special, a wee bit different. You know, I yeah. thought it was going to be more white because that was the old school thing and they changed their thing on Twitter to white. 
Yeah. And then it came out and it was like, mm, okay. Alpha Tauri got more exciting because it was the second car launch and they changed the car. It does look good. I mean, I will say that. It does look nice. Uh, but, I mean, there's so many other issues going on with that team, to be honest. Yeah. It kind of detracts from it. And Red Bull. Now, anybody who came out and said they're going to change the livery really haven't followed Formula One since Red Bull have been in it. Because yeah. I think they've had this livery now for about three or four years. Uh, I don't. I think it wasn't such a big surprise when Red Bull went, here's the car. It's different, honest. <laughs> uh, so... You know, I don't exp- and it's the same for, for Ferrari. What colour's the car gonna be? Really? Come on, mate. Indy asked you that about Ferrari's Formula One car, just leave. Go away now. On you go. <laughs> I, I think it depends on how much of the black or how much white. I think there's some sort of conspiracy theory if they have a car that has too much of one or the other, it doesn't yeah. win a championship, but then it's not going to win a championship, so you might as well just go for it and have fun. <laughs> uh, Put black and white in. Oh, do you imagine if they came out with a Ferrari car and it was white or something with just a wee bit of red? <laughs> the Italians would shoot them. The only way that they would be able to do that if it was it was just an Italian flag all the way over it. <laughs> That's oh, the only yeah. way that they'd be able to get away with it. Oh, it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be so fun because they would just get lambasted. The Italians would just appear with a tub of red paint and be like, no, <laughs> Throwing tins of Dulux over it as it goes around the track. Yeah. Oh. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a supporter of Commandant Football Club and we usually are white and blue and there was a couple of years where we had a plain white home shirt and oh my God, you know, traditionalists went nuts even when it's that far back, you know, even just for a small club like Commandant, you know, they're like, people like things to be the same but then are disappointed when things stay the same. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're a fickle bunch as yeah. people. And we also had another launch this week as well. It's the Alpha Tauri launch. They've gone for a different live reel together again. Again, it looks very nice, very classic look. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I liked it. I was lying in my bed and I got to set my alarm because it was eight in the morning and it was a three minute video and I'm just like, uh, in the car. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Not a bother. Uh, they've kind of done the same as Alpha, Alpha Romeo, haven't they? They've kind of swapped the colours around. So they're they kind of top heavy now. No. I'm a sucker for blue. I like blue, navy yeah. blue, dark blue, light blue. I'm quite, uh, you know, that's kind of probably would be my favourite colour, to be honest, if we're going down colours. Uh, and I do like it, and I quite like the white rims. Uh, I like the matte finish on it as well. I think Alfa Romeo are, are still sticking with the kind of shiny colours, because most yes. of the teams now are going down the matte way. Even Ferrari have went down the matte in the last year or two. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I did, I did like the Alpha Tauri look. Uh, like I say, the, the white, as I said in the article as well, I think the white on the, the kind of dark blue, it looks very cool, very crisp. And they're a good car. They're a good team. They've done well yep. last year, considering where they ended up. And I'm looking forward to Yuki Sonoda. I think I said in the last last week that I think he'll beat Gasly. I think I think he'll, yeah, I think he will. Mm. And I think he'll be a surprise. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but did you see the, the shots of their two helmets? Two... I did. There didn't seem to be very much on there that they could personalise themselves, but the... no, there's yeah. there's a lot of Alpha Tauri, and they've both decided to go for an orangey red highlight. Yeah. It practically looks like the same the same helmet. Now, yeah. whether that means that one of them hadn't got their helmet in time, so they ended up just using the same helmet and just turned it or yeah. something. But you know, you know, it's the commentators trying to work out which one it is is a. Uh, I suppose that's that's a habit that's died now because when we watched it back in the day, nobody changed their helmets. You, you knew whose helmet was whose. Absolutely, you never you never. Somebody's well. helmet changed when when Schumacher went from his kind of blue white to the more uh, orange color. 
Yeah. It was a big deal. I was like, oh, he's changing. Yeah. What's going on, kind of thing. Aye, you know. And uh, I think Damon Hill never changed his helmet. Did Elton Senna ever have a commemorative one, or was it always that? No, I don't, the only thing that Senna did was change the shades of, a little bit, and obviously he's, you know, with his Rayos helmets and everything, he had a couple of different sponsors on there at different times, but mo- majority, uh, you know, for, throughout the time that he was there, like you say, he, he ran exactly the same thing. Same with Mansell as well, really. He, Mansell's Jack was very much the same design. Yeah, absolutely. I remember. I think John Alacy changed his to a chrome for maybe his last race or something. Mm. That was one of the rare times we were like, oh. But then you've got Lando Norris at every fucking session. Got a new helmet! <laughs> yeah. Look, I've got a new one! Like... Like I, I liked like when Roman Grosjean decided to come out with a special one that his kids done, which he's finally got to wear. Yeah, I like that. Like he's finishing up. Let's change it up, or maybe do one a year. I think yeah. Formula One should do like one race out of the whole year should be like retro. So all the teams do their retro kind of liveries. All the the, the fans can come up with the retro stuff. I think. One of the best ones when uh, Ricardo changed his to a retro one based, like, because it was the, like the 70th anniversary race or something. Yeah. I can't remember what it was for. I think we should do it like hockey do it, American football do it, but they have like one game where it's the retro kit comes out from their team way back in the 40s. And yeah, I think it would be amazing. Yeah, imagine while you yeah, running the, the white, blue, and yellow livery or yeah. McLaren just for one race doing the, the, the Marlboro style. I suppose it's one of those, though, isn't it? The the fact that I suppose the FIA don't want to run the risk of going back to tobacco sponsorships and or harping back to a tobacco sponsorship. I mean, you know, even if you don't put the the name on the colours, you know exactly who they're who they're. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose you? there may be issues in regard to that, but like, come I, on, I'm I'm totally with you though. That would be incredible. You know, you, you take them them teams and. You know, get them to to do a a, a really old uh, a really old livery. It'd be interesting for the likes of um, Enstone, seeing what they do. Would they go back to Hesketh? You know what I mean? <laughs> it, that well, would be really it'd be really funny. Well, you know, is, to to see what they go back to. Cause... I don't think there's enough bits in the car for for Aston Martin, <laughs> for Jordan, Spiker, Midland, Racing yep. Point, Stuart. You know, every barge board would have to be a different design. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. And then, I mean, Aston Martin don't really have much of a, what should we say, they don't have much of a history in Formula One. By the time no. that Aston Martin appeared in Formula One way back in the 50s, I think it was, or 60s, you know, the car was already out of date because it took yeah. that long to get to the grid and it lasted about half a year or a couple of races and disappeared again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they don't, have, they, they don't have a history there, but... You know, I mean, how nice did the, the Ferrari look in its old school red at the 1000th Grand Prix? Absolutely. You know, you yeah, know so absolutely. I think that's something that Formula One are missing a trick. Again, as you say, how they could do it in a way that it would work, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, we at all the end of the day, Coops, these days, you know, could they really stop you using, from, using white and red on a McLaren without? tobacco sponsors on there well, just because the time, you had things like was it not the Rothmans was take off and it was just a question mark with a couple of dogs exactly yeah yeah or was it a bit, yeah. uh, something in hisses on the job bitten and hisses that was the bitten one and yeah instead of benton and hedges and then i think when it was Marlboro and the 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 ferrari it was just 
they just to the barcode, didn't they? Or the dashes yeah. or whatever it That's was. It. So, you know, and this argument about having tobacco sponsorship makes you smoke. What a lot of pish. Oh, yeah. I have never, in my whole time of watching Formula One, have I saw a car, when I watched it, now I'm nearly 40, and I watched it when Senna was around, and I watched it before, like, in the early 90s, you know, so we were full tobacco sponsorship. It was full kicking in. That's that's who sponsored yeah. Formula One, was tobacco. I never looked at a car whizzing past 180 mile an hour and went, oh, what a pack of Rothmans. Oh, I'm going to go buy myself a wee pack of Marlboro. Why did you why did you start smoking, Jimmy? Well, I watched Ernst Senna drive his MP44 <laughs> and uh, I just couldn't help myself. And I've been doing it ever since. You know, like, no, like, no. The closest I ever got to it was when I think Williams were one field at one point, uh, the red one, and I saw the pack in the shop and I'd never seen it before. And I went, oh, Williams are, are sponsored by them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They'd never no, seen the cigarettes before. Never heard of them before. And I was buying a Mars bar or something or whatever. I was in the shop because I was quite young at the time. Uh, I think I was in college or whatever year it was. And uh, I just happened to see it. One field, they were red and yellow or whatever. And I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you buy a new car and you've never seen that car before driving along the street. And then all of a sudden, everybody owns the same car as you. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so like... But anyway, I mean that's just bizarre for me. But it's, I, I would love it to be a kind of historical look back. But I don't think they would do it. I don't think the teams would. No, uh, I think I think you're right. It would be really good, even if they were to do something like that in pre-season testing, would be brilliant. You know, because pre-season testing, anything goes, doesn't it? Well, that's it. Or even every two years, Silverstone, the rate that was the first ever Grand Prix was at Silverstone. Every second, it's the historical Silverstone Grand Prix. So you've got two years to get the money together. You've got two years, you know, it doesn't cost, it costs a lot of money to do it. But two years, it's historical. You know, a team that doesn't have a team could be nominated a team, you know. Yeah. The Alpha Romeos are there just now. So you could have that, say Alpine could maybe go down the old Benetton route, but not have Benetton yeah. as the name, but a colour yeah. scheme. You know, it, it would, totally. I think it would be amazing. I think it would be so, it would be so much fun. It helps but people understand one, the history of the sport as well. Using the old school graphics. Some of the old school graphics they used, like the, the big yellow squares with the blacks on it, would yeah. be amazing. Brilliant. To be honest, I really want Murray Walker to come out and even just go, and it's go! At the start of a race. <laughs> You're right. You know, I'd love that. Just for a British Grand Prix or something, just, just to announce the start, it'd be awesome. Hand him a mic in his house. Right, mate, we know you're 172, but please, could you just, just one more time, and it's go! Yeah. yeah. And Coops, you've got some information about the about McLaren adding some personnel. What can you tell us about that? So they've, they've hired a couple of people, and it's to do with, a, they've brought in people for fan base type stuff. Uh, there it is, two key appointments, here we go so they've brought in two people uh, Claire Cronin who was a marketing officer for Virgin Atlantic is to join okay. McLaren in April uh, as executive director for marketing uh, she's then going to take over the role of chief commercial officer from Mark Waller who returns to the States after his term is completed and then they've also brought in Lindsay Eckhouse as director of licensing and e-commerce and esports. Uh, she's joining from G2 Esports. Now, any of the guys here that follow Esports, I'm not big on it, so I don't know, but she's currently a commercial director for G2 Esports. 
So they're bringing in people. It's, it's all about branding. And I think, again, it's moving away from the corporate steely look of the Ron Dennis McLaren and more of a, they're, they're embracing this kind of youthful look. I mean, how could you not when you've got Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris as your drivers? You Absolutely. know, demographic that these guys are opening up by those two being in there. So they, they're coming in over the next year. We probably, we're not going to see much in terms of a Formula One thing, but you may see more, a wee bit of changing through the e-commerce side from the licensing, from, you know, any of the Twitter stuff. The kind of don't forget, stuff. Lando does a lot of streaming as well, so they, they could kind of implement that to their website. There's a, there's a whole host of things that they could do. Oh, there's a I'm lot sure of Lando will be excited. As you say, we streaming and stuff like that. And I mean, he's one of the, he was one of the first, I think, to really embrace that. Absolutely, yeah. Even said, I think if you, if I'm right, he was on that Beyond the Grid, the Formula One podcast, and he said, yep. you know, that can you just if I'm not racing, I've got nothing to do. I'll stream. You know, I'll go yep. on and do some stuff on that. Uh, he does it a few hours after the race. You, you know, he's he's winding down. He's chilling. He's he's going on and he he goes on Twitch and he's like, yeah, just chilling, just coming for a chat. Shame because I've never been on his streams. It's not really something I do. I can't sit and watch a stream. I'm I'm too busy a person. Yeah. In the way that I, I you know sit about but you know it can be a bit cringeworthy i've heard some grown women all asking slightly inappropriate questions to a person you know like, come on i mean he's barely a teenager he's, yep. he's, he's well he's, he's barely out of the teenage years come on take it easy but i suppose with anything you're in the public you're going to get that sort of thing but mclaren are moving in a certain direction and it's definitely a, not a run dennis direction that's for sure and is there something that kind of like attaches onto that about Alpine and McLaren? And is there somebody else as well? well there's, there's a thing came out, and it's not McLaren. There's a thing came out that Alpine were looking to link up with Williams to be their B team. Uh, as we all know, uh, Alpine, formerly Renault, don't have a partner anymore. They used to be with McLaren, McLaren, or Mercedes this year. We all know the fallout they had when they were Renault with the Red Bull. Uh, if MDs ever watched Drive to Survive, please do because that was good. They're, they've realised Alpine have realised that they've got they've got a very good core of young driver uh, or, uh, or young drivers, I should say, but they've got no way to put them. You know, they've not got a kind of a partnership with MD. Ferrari, I've got Alfa Romeo. You know, Red Bull, Alfa Tauri, uh, Mercedes. I've got an agreement with Williams, uh, as far as I'm aware, for set for for their drivers. What uh, so that might change, but you know the thing about like Mercedes don't have a as far as I'm aware don't have a big core young driver. No, set coming up. You know Renault. I've got one who's old. I've got a few others. Ferrari are in the same boat. They've got quite a few young drivers that could all potentially jump up. And you know they've got that partnership along with Haas. So Alpine, there's been discussions. I think there was discussions between Alpine and Salva before they decided to stick with uh, Alfa Romeo. So they've then raised the question with Williams. Uh, and I think there's discussions on whether they can have some sort of agreement with them, but not have to become Alpine customers. Mm. Like, so it'll be to do with the young driver getting the shot in the Williams seat. I think, because I, I think from what I can see, there's a high chance that, well, that Russell will probably end up in Mercedes next year. Now, there's no yeah. speculation. I've not got any inside knowledge. I haven't seen anything. But... I think there's more chance this year than there's ever been that he'll end up there next year. So Alpine have seen that and decided, well, why don't we stick one of our guys in there and see if there's a partnership? I think it's a smart way to go. I think there's a lot of young people. There's not enough seats. We need to get, they need, they need to get some sort of something out of it. So uh, 
it's very tentative. I don't know how how far down the line it is, or whether it's just it could just be literally something has came out out of nothing. It might be nothing. I think. I mean, from my point of view, I, I hope Williams don't. I really hope they don't. I like the fact that Williams have always been independent, and they but really they have always been independent. They haven't been independent since last year. They're now a corporation. Yeah. They're now part of the, that that that's a thing that anyone who's a Williams fan needs to realise. We don't have independence in Formula One anymore, and we never yeah. will. It's too expensive. And I suppose when I think about it, they've got the George Russell link with Merck as well, so they haven't been fully independent in that sense either. So no, it's yeah, you're right, and there is a they, they are the last of the historical uh, teams of that kind of old school independent. They're not a they were a customer. They're not a you know they weren't thingy done by manufacturers or anything like that, but. Yeah, you know, for the for the longer term future of volumes, they could be paid by a team, a bigger corporation, a manufacturer. There's a wee youngster here; he's got a bit of yeah. money. We'll give you so much money, put him in your race seat. There's nothing really else for volumes to do. Volumes to get back near the front, it's a couple of years down the line, unless they really land on their feet with the regulations next year, yeah. which will be good when we get to the first race of the season for 2022. About we'll know pretty quick. What team or what team? Sorry, I, I became very Scottish for a word there. <laughs> but, uh, but what team have just worked it out? You know, I've done a Mercedes for the hybrid era. Now, I'm not saying that Andy's going to really jump Mercedes by a lot, but they're going to get closer and there's going to be a team, whether it be Ferrari, it would be Red Bull, there's going to be a team that's going to get it wrong. And there's going yes. to be a team that's going to get it really, really right. So maybe then, but I don't see it being a bad idea. You've got a decent, a decent young crop. You've got a decent driver. Then why not put him in the car? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's like you say that the, you know, the 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 competition for the spaces that are available has never been tougher. No, um, and I think as well, Formula One. If you take out what have you got? You've got three drivers over thirty that I can think of off the top of my head, and and maybe Sergio Perez. That'll yeah. be four. So you've got Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, you, uh, who else? Uh, I his name, Sergio Perez, and there's one other that I had in my head. So there's a very low percentage of old school. Fernando Alonso, that's the one. Yeah, there you go. So, the young you know, driver. So, but then like, you look at Max Verstappen. He's in his early 20s. He's, what, 23, 24? Yeah. You've got Lando Norris, who's 19, 20, 21. What's his noggin? Latifi's quite young. George Russell, another one. They're all in their early 20s. Now, if things go the way they go, they're staying in Formula 1 for the better part of 10 years. You know, if they keep the progression going the way they're going, they're staying there for a while. So I think that's an interesting now. point that you make there, Coops. And I'd, one, one question that I'd ask you on that is, do you agree with the fact that they could stay in there for 10 years? Or do you, think, do you think with the ridic ridiculous pressure that he's on a Formula One driver these days, will they get that amount of time if they don't win things? Will they get that amount of time? Or Well, yeah, I mean, uh, there is certainly caveats to that. Look at the Albon situation, but I mean, it's not quite as clear cut, but with him, but, uh, you know, it is also, I mean, there, there are things like Lando Norris could have next year and be crap, then the following be even worse. Mm. And then somebody crops up in 2022, like Sergio Perez, with a bit of money, and he's proven, you know, the heads could be turned. Yes. Like, that's partly why Albon is now a test driver, because he didn't perform. 
Sergio Perez was free. Now, the money for Sergio Perez at Red Bull is not a big issue. They mm. just needed a decent driver. Uh, so there are certain caveats to that. And then you also look at the Rosberg defect. The Rosberg retired not because he was necessarily scared of going against Hamilton, mm. but I think he was quoted later as saying that he didn't like who he had to become to become a world champion. Right. Which is another reason why, you know, you've got to kind of applaud Hamilton for doing what he's doing. Now we can get, you, people are going to start arguing, but he's in the base car. Every world champion in Formula One is in the base car. So if you've got the talent, you're getting the best car. So that's a non-argument. But yep. the mental determination to keep that standard up for years, so that it will be the issue for, for drivers. But, you know, the future for Formula One is set. You've got Charles Leclerc, you've got, you know, George Russell, Lando Norris, Max Verstappen, Ricky Sonoda. Do you think Alex can still, you know, wear his way back in or do you think he's done that? It'll be very difficult. I don't see how he could get back in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. I don't see how many drivers who are in the... I mean, he's been in the baby team, the main team, and now he's a test driver. He's had mm. a chance. But then again, look at Kvyat. Look at Gasly. Uh, but again, we, with, the, with, the, the, with the folk that's coming through, where could he go? No, I agree. And what people need to forget, need to remember is Album wasn't considered for Formula 1 until something happened and they, they didn't have a choice. Albon was testing for Formula E. He wasn't picked. When he became available after the end of Formula 2, Lando Norris, George Russell got their seats. He was in the middle of getting a seat. He was actually signed for a Formula E team and doing a test. And I can't remember what happened, why. I think it was at Hartley that left her. Yeah. And, and Red Bull ran out of drivers. And then they realised... They did at that time, yeah, definitely. So his, although... You have these young drivers that all know him and went up the ranks with them, like Leclerc, Russell, and uh, Lando Norris. They all yep. talked about how great a driver he was. Yes. But the Formula One teams didn't think that. If ever, if, if Harley had stayed with uh, Red Bull or Red Bull hadn't turned their young driver uh, program into you know a burger meat factory and killed them all, <laughs> you know, Albon wasn't and was um, was never considered. So you know, I don't get why people. There's been a lot of things in the group about you know. It shouldn't be Sergio Perez in the car. It should be Albon. He should have another year. He had a year and a half in Red Bull. He did. He had plenty of time in Red Bull, and he's been part of the Red Bull family for a long time. But I think know. there were there were plenty of times where he was unlucky in drives as well. But I think there were plenty of opportunities that he could have grabbed in Grand Prix to to be able to say there was an opportunity there, and I took it. And I don't think he did anywhere near enough of that. No. He didn't, he didn't pro- grab them opportunities enough. Yeah, the biggest problem you had for Red Bull was, and it's the biggest issue that Red Bull have had since uh, Ricardo left, was they didn't have a rear gunner. No. Now, as much as I, after, you know, I'm kind of done with Bottas being in Mercedes purely because I think we've got somebody there who deserves to be in Mercedes. But yes. he did what he's, decided, he's there for. When Hamilton doesn't do what he's supposed to do, Bottas is there to pick it up. Yeah. The problem is Hamilton, generally speaking, does what he's supposed to do all the time. But he's there. Very yeah. rarely he's not. Uh, but when you've got the third best team in the uh, in the country with Verstappen in third place and the next man in 10th or 7th or 6th or, or 14th or running... And being lapped by his or, teammate, more to uh, the point, you know. 
Yeah, and then or cutting across a driver and knocking off his wing and getting pulled into the pits because he's yeah. not, you know, or you know, it's just he should. It's impossible to defend him, really, isn't it? At the end it of the is. day, you, you can't keep you can't keep defending, especially in in a team that you know that they're not going to give him enough time anyway. It's like, oh, well, just do, do, do the lad a favour and just get rid of him now rather than destroying him in public view. I think I, I touched, I've touched on it before with like Kivia. Now, I don't know what went on with Kivia, but everybody seemed to know before he got told he wasn't in the drive that he wasn't going to be in the, in the, the Alpha Tower. You know, I listened to the BBC podcast and they all said, but we all know it's going to be Sonoda next year. Red Bull never came out and said it was going to be him. They just mm. everybody just knew. We kind of, I kind of knew that it wasn't going to be Albon in the, the car this year. You kind of had that feeling. Why not tell him at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix that weekend, the last race of the weekend? By the way, we're not going to re-sign you for next year. Give him his last race. Yeah. Give him his opportunity. Like for Kvyat, let him go out there. Give him a big like what they done with Alonso. Give him a fancy wee thing on the side of his car. Thanks very much, big chieftain. Mm. Go and enjoy yourself. But they didn't. They waited no. too long. I think, you know, I think Red Bull knew what they were going to do. Yeah, I do as well. I think they, they had a, a long-standing plan. I think it um, was planned a long before that. And I don't know why they decided to leave it. I don't know. I think the only way that Albon was going to keep his drive is if he won, like, suddenly just appeared at the top of the grid right next to Verstappen and won a couple of races and got, like, twos and threes. Because he got on the podium and then the next race it was awful. And then there was other times where he was spinning on his own and I was just like, oh, come on. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't get what the, the, the thing was about him as a racer. He's a decent race driver, but he shouldn't be in the Red Bull. The same as Bottas probably shouldn't be in the Mercedes anymore. You need to have Hamilton against Russell and you need to show what, what they've got against each other. Yeah, I don't I think agree. Hamilton really cares if Russell comes in and beats him because... Hamilton's the best racing driver we have for this generation. Regardless of whether you like the guy or not, or his extracurricular activities, or whether you think he's a bit of a prick when you, t- when you hear him talk, the stats the wheel. are... Yeah. They are what they are. So he doesn't... I don't think he really cares. Because no matter what he does, he's going to get lambasted anyway, and we've kind of touched on it numerous times. So yeah. I don't think he cares. No. So what if you know Russell comes in and beats him? Well, beat me another seven more times, and then we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, they're, they're somebody's going to beat him at some point. At the end of the day, that's the way that sport works. You know, you, yeah. you can have yeah. someone. I mean, Phil Taylor dominated for sixteen years, and somebody then came in and beat him. Somebody Doesn't mean that he. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people talk about the domination with Mercedes and the, the general thing. Now, I'm I'm working through a, a thing with Ferrari going back to the fifties. You know. For a few years, Alfa Romeo dominated and won everything. There was nine races, they won eight. And the only race they didn't win was the Indianapolis because he didn't go. <laughs> and the first four, the first two or three championship wins were with Ferrari. Then it was, it was Alfa Romeo, sorry. And then Alfa Romeo pulled out. And Ferrari won it for a couple of years. Then yeah. Mercedes appeared. They won it for a couple of years and dominated the sport. You know, and dominating Formula One is just how it works. It's just the way it is. Yeah. But I'm we kind of hopeful now with the new rules, with the with, with the amount of potential Formula One champions that are on the grid coming up, that we don't have the domination to the extent we've had. Like you know, we don't want to go back to like so the, the the Schumacher Ferrari where you know I'll be honest with you, I had it on. I didn't really pay much attention to it because no. you kind of knew what was oh, going to happen. 
And the biggest problem back then was we didn't have a midfield battle. No, we didn't. No. You know, this year you watch it because all oh, right, Mercedes are first and second, they've faked off right. Holy, who's that? Oh, Leclerc, what's he doing there? All right. Lando's screwing up the inside. You know, Grosjean's <laughs> crashed again. All right, crazy. All right, uh, it's cool. Right, anybody? You know, there's something going on. But we don't want to go back to that. We want to have like, uh, the, ideally, you would want maybe Max Verstappen to win two in a row, you know, and then somebody pop up and win one, and then somebody else wins a third or fourth, you know. And then you have that, like, there's world champions, like, all over the grid. Like, a few years ago, when you had, like, six or seven on the grid, like, you had Button on the grid, Alonso was on the grid, you had Hamilton on the grid. You had a lot of folk on the grid that were all ex-champion, ideally. So, you know, I think the future's bright uh, for Formula One in terms of drivers, but they have to get the regulations right. If you go to the first race next year and nobody can pass each other, Formula One's knackered. Because I really don't know what they're going to do next. No, I completely agree with that completely. And don't forget, everybody, uh, Fantasy F1 uh, signups are live now. Uh, you can find the link on uh, Facebook uh, and uh, in the paddock as well. Um, so please join us. Tiller won last season, and we really, really, really don't want, to, want him to win again because he's, he's head really hasn't been able to fit through any of the doors at all since he won. So get yourself signed up. Let's have some fun. Um, we'll have some laughs through the season. Um, good luck to everybody as well. So that's been the Everything F1 podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you do ever have any questions, by all means, pop them over to us on our Facebook page or via Twitter and Instagram. It's quite simple to find us. It's join at join EF1 on any of the social media networks. That's been all for me, James Tiller. Thanks very much to Coops and Sponge for this wonderful podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.